Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you this afternoon. We are grateful to be at your feet. Jehovah God, we invite your presence in this place. Holy Spirit, take over. These are your children. Minister to them as you so desire this, this afternoon. Let your word reach their innermost parts, O God. Father, penetrate the hearts of men this afternoon. Lay a foundation in our lives that is sure. We glorify thee and honor thee. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. Amen. May we have our seats, please. Uh, just before I start, I've made a few observations in terms of announcement, including today's announcement. When Pastor Francis stands here to preach, people are very careful these days because he says, those who are sleeping say amen. So many people used to shout amen. Now, these days he says, praise the Lord, and people keep quiet. Because they don't know whether what he said before. <laughs> that means we are not paying attention. We are careful that we not be caught in that situation. This morning, our brother said, I think this is what I propose. He said, virtuous women, raise up your hands. Very few did. So next time, what will do, I don't know what I should tell you. <laughs> I propose we'll say, all women, raise up your hands. Now, all virtuous women, let your hands remain up. Let's see those ones who are going to drop their hands down. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God is good to us. And God has built a very good body in this place excellent men and virtuous women, and we are grateful for that. I always remain grateful to God because of the mercies that he has for each one of you, and the way he continues to determine that we walk right with him. In various ways, God has desired to minister to us and has used various channels to reach each one of us so that our lives may be changed from day to day, our lives may not remain the same, may be transformed from glory to glory. And so I desire this morning, and it's my prayer that as we share, that the Spirit of God ministers to us and challenges us today to desire to have a closer walk with the Lord. I'm going to share on the subject of a closer walk with Him a closer walk with him, a closer walk with him. I would like us to turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 5. 
verse 21. Genesis chapter 5, verse 21. The Bible says, And Enoch lived sixty and five years, and beget Methuselah. And Enoch, verse 22, And Enoch walked with God after he beget Methuselah, 300 years and beget sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Bless your word as we share it this afternoon. Let it reach our hearts and be a seed that will grow from today onwards, Lord. Let it grow to a, a big tree of faith, a tree that will draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today for a man to reach 75, we are very grateful to God. As they advance in age, we see that as a bonus, and we celebrate. But on average, majority of people who have been fortunate to interact with God closely, most of them, their lives have taken a turn around after 20 years. So that means, on average, people are having a relationship with God that is meaningful for about 40 to 50 years. Those who have had the opportunity to work with God. And even those 40 to 50 years that they work with God, many of them seem not to enjoy their lives. They are troubled. They seem to struggle through. But if we go to the scripture here, we see a man who for about 300 years, the Bible records, he walked with God. He walked with for three, over 300 years, he walked with God. And for that reason, something strange happened in this life. When we go down there, we say, in uh, verse 24, it says, simply says, Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. I've always imagined what was happening in their relationship between God and Enoch. And many things drop into my mind that I would like to share with you. That the closeness between God and Enoch was such that God would not spend time without looking at Enoch and appreciating him. Same way Enoch would not spend time without appreciating God in his life. And as they walked together, the closer they became, the closer they became. Most of the times, it's very difficult to meet the person for the first time and welcome them into your house and tell them, feel free. 
or feel at home. Sometimes we meet in places of work, we meet in social gatherings, and as time develops, we become closer and closer and closer. That's the time we tell them, can you visit us? Then you visit that way. But I see a relationship that developed to a point here where these two, not human beings, God and Enoch, were moving closer, closer to each other till they spent so much time with each other. I believe Enoch's thinking was transformed. Enoch began to think more like God. Why do I say this? Look at the couples that we have around. They started off poles apart. One complaining about the socks that are being thrown in the, in the sitting room carelessly. And another one complaining about the snoring. But with the time that snoring became like a lullaby, so they continue to love each other more. And the socks looked like uh, rose flowers. So they were handled carefully, washed, and kept well. And now the old people love each other so much. If the children complain about the socks, they say, you go for your own house. This is our house. Our house. Even the one who complained about the socks says, this is our house. I told you about my children. I don't know whether they are here. Sometimes I arrive in the house, I'm very tired, and they, they're running over. When I sit on the chair there, it takes me just a millisecond, and I'm snoring. When I put my head there, and they start, what wakes me up is when they start laughing at me. But I thank God my wife doesn't mind. She just laughs and goes away. So the snoring is not so bad for her. But probably it would have been a shocker for her in the early days we got married. But what I'm talking about is that we have grown into each other's life and we are continuing to grow to such a, a point that what look like were differences are kind of vanishing. And I pray that they do so, so fast. Praise the Lord. They are disappearing. And that makes me very happy. It's only the children who are complaining, not my wife. And not me. Praise the Lord. We are moving closer to each other. Enoch related to God so closely. Differences were there initially, but the rough corners were rubbed, filed, smoothened, and the relationship became so good. They prayed for wedding anniversaries, so I want people to remember also some things. Even those who are not celebrating, I want you to throw your mind many miles, many years back. At the time of courting, very strange things happen. You begin to notice strange animal behavior in human beings. Praise the Lord. A man can traverse the hills of Kerala down, down, down to Nagpur. <laughs> Don't ask me whether I've been to India, but <laughs> I guess they are miles apart. Why? Because part of his rib is there. They don't mind that journey. 
Praise the Lord. A man can cross like Victoria swimming to Uganda, even if there are crocodiles, because part of his reef is in Rwanda. And you wonder, what is really troubling this man? Because there's something that is drawing them closer. And the wife also is not happy until he sees that face. Praise the Lord. And then again, they just smile at each other and then they say bye-bye, see you again, and life is okay. Relationship is a very strange thing. But it has got a lot of power in it. It unleashes a lot of power in our lives. Enoch, in the presence of God, was not worried. His mind was becoming like the mind of God. So as I said, this relationship, you'll see at a given time, people begin to invite each other. And the people who used to walk very many distances to see one another reach a point, they say, uh -uh, this journey is killing us. I can't be moving all the way from Timbukutu to Lagos, and you again, let us move together and stay together. True or false? And then they stay together. They decide we are going to live under this roof. Soon you realize even the wife, she's forgetting her language, the mother tongue. I want to caution those of you who intend to marry from Kenya. <laughs> there is a given tribe in Kenya, the women never change their language, they change the husband's language. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All of them where they have married, the husbands have changed, now they are talking like the mother tongue of the women. But what I'm saying is there is a transformation that takes place. A time comes when these people who used to visit each other take time off, take time on, and visit each other. They say enough is enough. We must now decide we are staying together. This is such a time that reached. God said, uh -uh, I have had a relationship with this man, Enoch. He is of like mind like me. He thinks like me. He shares the thoughts that I share. Why am I taking the trouble always going to visit him? And one day he told Enoch, let's walk. And they started walking in the spiritual realm. And Noah crossed a boundary beyond which you cannot come back. Praise the Lord. Whatever you behold on the other side, no man is permitted to share them on the face of the earth. And God said, lo and behold, you have seen my secrets. You have experienced my presence. I cannot let you to go back. We will stay with you here. That is why he was no more. Praise the Lord. When are you going to be no more with God? When are we going to reach that point where God says, ah, this man, he has related with me enough. Now we need to live together with him. When I go to visit him, he's staying in a very little shack. But in my presence, there are many mansions. Many mansions. I want to give him one there. Praise the Lord. 
a life that fulfills, meets the criteria that God expects of us, a life that is closer to him, walking closer with him. Praise the Lord. Enoch tied his life to God, and he was transformed. You can tie your life to God. You can be transformed. I don't know. Sometimes you look at your life and you see many things that you struggle with in life. You sincerely want to leave them. You know this thing is drawing me away from God. But I want to assure you in his presence, it shall disappear. Praise the Lord. Seek to be in the presence of God. And as you walk with him, all the other things begin to disappear in your life. Because his presence has got the power to wash all those stains away. Praise the Lord. We seek for an intimate relationship with God. Because in his presence, we experience the fullness of life. How can two walk unless they agree? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. We seek to walk with God. We seek to live with him. We seek to be his image to be formed in us. But how come it is not happening so? Is it that we have not fully given ourselves to him? Is it that we have not been obedient enough? If a woman comes to get married into a home and she says, no, I'll continue behaving the same way I behaved in my mother's home, do you think there will be peace in that home? If a husband says, no, I'll continue living like my father lived, will there be peace in that home? He must change. The two must change and fuse into each other. That is why Jesus said, I and the Father will come and live in you, and you will live in us. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't make sense. Start thinking about it now. You have brains. You are living inside God, and he's living inside you. Does it really make sense? What it simply says is that our identities disappear in him. When somebody begins to look at Kenneth, Instead of seeing that man that he used to see, he begins to see the image of God in me. Why? Because I have been working with him. He has imparted something into my life. You can never work with somebody who is holy and remain the same. And that is why the Bible cautions us from the issue of being unequally yoked with un unbelievers. Because God knew when you start interacting with somebody walking close with him, there is always some fusion that is taking place. That fusion can be either way. So if all of you are pure, the fusion is okay. But if one is not pure, this fusion that comes from the impure one can pollute the other person. Praise the Lord. So it has always been my desire to be closer to men of God. You may not like their smile, but be close to them. Praise the Lord. Because something good will come from them. And it will impact your life. You may not like the way they walk, but be close to them. Praise the Lord. Because the hand of God is upon them. When they share with you a testimony, when they share with you their experience, you will never be the same if you are listening with your spiritual ears. Praise the Lord. Some transformation takes place in your life. That's why I encourage each one of us today, look around. Whom do you spend time 
most of your time with? Is this somebody who transforms your life? Is this somebody whose life impacts you? If it's not, don't condemn yourself. Just make a new decision. Praise the Lord. I want to stay closer to people who impact my life spiritually. I want to move closer to the assembly where my life is transformed. Not where I just feel happy and go home and feel empty the way I came. I have had some people, we had in a, a, our discussion, and one sister really made me think. He said, you know, some fellowships, you go there and you don't feel like you belong to that place. You just feel uneasy all through. And some fellowships, you go there, you feel like you are born in that fellowship. I don't know what bread of life is to many people in this place. But for me, from 2005, sorry if you came recently. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I was introduced by Brother Joel to this place. He's now in Canada. And from that time, I have attended some services, but I've never felt like leaving. Praise the Lord. Because I feel I'm part of this family. I am part of this family. I receive, what I receive from this congregation has built me into a better Christian than I came in Oman. And I'm so glad to God that he landed me in this place. Praise the Lord. I'm not saying that to please people. I'm just saying what I am inside. My life has never been the same again. My way of looking at Christianity has changed. It has been transformed. What about you? Do you come just to meet friends? Do you decide that God may transform you as you listen to the word of God in this place? Do you desire that as you seek to move closer to God, that closeness may translate into a changed life? Come to the disciple training. Praise the Lord. Then you will hear testimonies there. You will hear people share what God is doing in their lives. Then you will realize I need to speed up also. Praise the Lord. Because the testimonies are personal, they are experiences people have had, are having now, and you can see God alive in our midst. That is moving closer to God. Praise the Lord. So in short, a closer walk with a person allows one to have a new experience of what the partner's life is like. Enoch walked with God. He began to experience the kind of life that God wants him to live. Now, I don't think if you told Enoch, Enoch, can you give me five minutes with God? You go and stay at home. I don't think Enoch would have allowed you. Because of the experience he had had with God, he wanted to be closer to him every moment. What about you? Are you seeking to walk with God every day? Are you seeking to move closer to God every day? Do you guard that relationship jealously? Do you feel nothing else in the world matters than that relationship? I want to challenge you, until you reach that moment where nothing else in the world matters other than you relating with God, you have not experienced him enough. Praise the Lord. You have not opened yourself to being moved a new level in your Christian life. 
until you reach that place where the desire, the burning desire in you, it is such a desire. You know, that's why the Bible uses the words like thirst, hunger, because they are basic things in life. When you are thirsty, even if I gave you dew, 10 bottles of dew to take, you want water. After a short time, again, you still want water, plain water. That's thirst. It can never be quenched by a substitute. Praise the Lord. If you are hungry, and I take you to these, these shops where the chicken looks like it was, it was polished with the Vaseline. It walks like this. It is rotating like this in hot. And I make you to stand there for three hours. Will you be satisfied? Will you be full? Will you say, oh, Kenneth, thank you for bringing me now. I'm okay. The more you look at it, the more, hung, the more, the more you feel bad. Soon they will see, other people will come because somebody has crushed the glass to take the chicken. Nothing. The Bible uses those strong words because unless you have God in your life to feel your hunger, to meet your thirst, you will never be satisfied at all. Praise the Lord. So that relationship with God, you must reach that point, my brother, my sister, where there is a hunger inside you, thirsting, a thirst inside you, longing for him to be closer to you. Then and only then will you realize that actually I have met what I have been desiring for. Praise the Lord. That is why moving from church to church will not fulfill that, will not satisfy the hunger. Going for the open door meetings will not. You know Kenyans are very notorious. Kenyans, forgive me. Any major speaker who comes to Nairobi, people will, will go to Nairobi. They want to listen to Bonge. They want to listen to Wairimu Nilsson. They want to listen. They come back, and we are still the same. We are waiting for the next one to come. It's a hunger in our lives. Those people will not feel that hunger. Your relationship with God is all that you need to look after. Praise the Lord. Have God come to abide inside you. Have a good relationship with God. Walk with him closely. Then he will begin to reveal certain things that you are longing for, you had never known before, but you deserve to have, and you will find your life satisfied. Praise the Lord. If we move from Enoch, we see another relationship in 2 Kings chapter 2. It's a long passage, so I'll skip some verses. And it came to pass, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1, and it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, and that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. What is tying Elisha to Elijah? Because there is something he has sensed in his spirit, that if I walk with this man, I will have this impartation upon my life. Praise the Lord. 
So nothing is shaking him off. At this time, the man himself, the man himself, Elijah is telling him, you wait, wait, wait for me here. But Elisha says, no. If I dose a single minute, I will miss. Praise the Lord. He ties himself tightly onto Elijah. Now come group number two, number, verse three. <clears throat> the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yeah, I know it. Hold ye your peace. Maybe many people come and tell you, hey, my brother, the meetings you go to are too many. Cut down. Have some time for yourself. Seek to rest. You're praying too much. God hears you even just when you whisper a bit and then two minutes, he knows. Okay? You know what you want from God. You know what you are seeking from him. Let no distraction come your way until you lay your hands upon it. And that's why Jesus was saying the kingdom of God is like a man who went to a field. He found a field with a, a, lot, a, a peel in a field and decided, uh -uh, let me go and sell everything. Then and come and own this. This man did not think twice. He knew what he wanted. He knew what he had, and he knew what he needed to do. Set aside all other things and seek for what is valuable. Are you hearing me? Seek for what is valuable. Jesus one day walked into the home of Mary and Martha. And as he was there, Martha was a very good person on hospitality. She went around doing everything to make Jesus Christ comfortable. Mary, in the eyes of men, appeared to be the lazy lady. She came and sat at the feet of Jesus. And Martha, after doing all those things, hoping that her, she will feel comfortable that she has served the Lord, she realized that she was getting tired. And Mary was smiling all through and enjoying and she felt bad. She said, don't you think you should be doing something else? Just sitting here. And Jesus said, Martha, you are troubled with many things. You are troubled with many things. But Mary has sought for what is best. Praise the Lord. So we may be engaged in so much service, so many activities, but do we know what we are seeking from God? Do we know what we need from this Father? Is a relationship that really matters. A relationship with God that is unshakable. That one day it will reach a point when God says, enough is enough. I want my son back home. I want my daughter back home. Praise the Lord. Or are you afraid? Are you afraid to move close to God because he can tell you to to go to the other side. Praise the Lord. Hey, this, this side is better than that side. Eh? At least you are sure of what you are seeing. Eh? Hey, praise the Lord. <clears throat> this world is passing away and all that there is in it. Praise the Lord. 
but we have got a home somewhere. And that's the home that we are looking for. For us to reach there, we need to be in union with God. We need to be in full fellowship with Him. That fellowship must start from here. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Some long time ago, people used to say, the world is full of trouble. Yes, it is. But yes, let's bear. One day, Jesus will come and take us. But Jesus wants to start his kingdom in us now. Praise the Lord. He wants you to start enjoying. Have, you know, you can reach there and you, everything you do rehearsals. Praise the Lord. If there is examination, you don't just walk into examination. Now I've come for examination. Because you might look at the paper and collapse there. Something will, some things will look strange. And no, I've never done this. And there's nobody to complain to at that time. So what the teachers do, I'm a teacher. We know these guys can collapse in the exam. So as we approach the exam, we start giving you a dose of that exam. You see the paper the way it looks like. Then we come, we go over it. We say, you know, here you made a mistake. You need to do this and this and this. Again, we bring this, a similar example. Now when you pass, we bring another one. By the time you get to the exam, you open the paper. You see students smiling. They do like this for each other. Because the first page, they saw the question they reversed last evening. Praise the Lord. They are used to that paper. The paper is two hours, one hour, 20 minutes. They are finished. And the invigilator is wondering, these people, did they learn anything really? They are finished. Praise the Lord. So even in heaven, we can't just walk there and find ourselves looking at everything straight. We need to get used to these things now. Praise the Lord. If you don't know how to worship God well, and you go there, people are worshiping, and you start asking questions, what does this mean? You may be the man who is not in the white gown. You know that parable? People were invited in the dinner, and then one man was found not dressed well. What was done? He was thrown in the outer darkness. Be careful. Relate with God now, closely, until your transition to the other world is so smooth, it's like you've been there for ages. Praise the Lord. It's like you've been there for ages. Do you think if Peter, John, and James reached heaven and they saw Moses and Elijah, it will be strange for them. Do you think so? Because they saw him on the mountain of transfiguration. Oh, you remember that day we met there? Yes. Those, those will be the stories. Some of us will have no story to tell in heaven. We just, I made it. Praise the Lord. Let's get into a relationship that makes our life transformed here on earth and transcends into the heavens. Praise the Lord. A life that is closer to God. A life that is tied to him. Walking closer. Let's go back to Elisha and Elijah. This man, in verse 6, Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth. Can you say, As the Lord liveth. As the Lord liveth, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. In verse 6, 
Verse 7, 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off, and they too, they, they, they too stood by Jordan. 8, Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither. Now, this English is strange, but just bear, bear with me. Hither and thither. So that they, they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. How many people knew that Elijah was being taken? Yes, brother. It's not normal in the church, but I'm just giving a chance to our brother. How many? Fifty sons of prophets. So we are more than one. Any other? There were so many people. Because if the prophets knew, it means it was common knowledge. Eh? If those prophets, sons of the prophets knew, it was common knowledge this man is being taken. How many decided to walk with him until they get their double portion? One. Praise the Lord. I'm challenging you today. Seek to walk with God. Whether the rest of the church is coming along or not, and see that God will never disappoint you. See that he will never disappoint you. He will bring to pass that which you have desired in your life. Some of the reasons why we fail to get what we have been praying for, we are looking around to see who else is joining us in that prayer. Who else is ready to stand with us in that area? Elisha said, no. If it's a place of rest, I am not interested. If it's a place of waiting for you, I'm not interested. I want to go with you until I get what I desire to have in my life. Praise the Lord. They, if it was prayer, fasting, he did not wait until they announced for fasting. He started his own fasting alone. Praise the Lord. Now, some of you are looking at me and saying, eh, with the food in the fridge here. Think about home. You know, people are very wasteful in Oman here, expatriate community. They're very wasteful. They buy very many things. A quarter of those things are thrown in the bin. They're very wasteful. So they don't really value things. I want to thank God because Elisha, this man Elisha, he's stuck with Elijah and said, until I get my double portion. And immediately, he seems to have known what he wanted. Because when he was asked, asked for one thing that you see, immediately, I need a double portion of your anointing. Praise the Lord. He did not start, uh, let me think, maybe I need, no. He's a man who was focused, he knew what he wanted what he was seeking for. He walked with man. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm using this illustration because in those days then, a man of God, a prophet of God, was the intermediary between man and God. 
So it was like you are working with God. Because God would speak through them and they would speak to the congregation. So at that time, Elijah was waiting on God. By working with Elijah, Elijah, Elijah it was like he's actually working in the presence of God. I want to say in our lives, in our lives, our Christian lives today, until we come to that point where we stick to God to a point that he, we, cannot, we cannot be shaken away, some of the things we are seeking for, we will see them like people watching TV. They will never be part of our lives. Praise the Lord. I see people very happy with the football match, but you are not there. You are not playing part of that cricket. You are just watching images on the screen. And sometimes we can talk like we were there. You saw how he did this, he did this, but we were never there. Praise the Lord. Let us seek. How many of you have grown in a place where there's poultry? Chicken, even, I'm not saying big farms. Even the few chicken that grandmother keeps. Have you been there when it is about to hatch? Are you sure? Do you know that small animal that comes, a small insect, that are usually common at that time? Where does it like landing? The small one, the white small. Is it only in Africa? <laughs> when these chickens are about to hatch, sometimes we find small insects, white ones. And those things can become a nuisance. They walk on you, you don't realize. You only realize when they're in the ear. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And the funny thing with that thing, it will make your ear go red. Because you try to squeeze it out, it doesn't come. And the more you tap your ear, the more it goes inside. So you just find a man doing like this every time. Praise the Lord. It realizes my safety is inside, not on the surface. We call it bulolo. <laughs> In my, my language, you call it bulolo. I don't know the English word or the scientific word, doctor. <laughs> it may be very long. Let us not go for the scientific name. <laughs> That thing is wiser than Christians. When it realizes the, the chicken, the, the hen is about to leave that place, it realizes my safety is now being threatened. It looks for a safe place and it lands in your ear. Praise the Lord. Of course, it will not be for long, it will be dead, but it lands somewhere where it can hide itself. The more you shake, the more it goes inside. How many Christians are ready in times of storms? When the storm is raging in your life, financial storm, sicknesses, social storms, how many of us are ready to hold on to Jesus tightly when we are being shaken? That animal is wiser than we are. When you start disturbing the ear, that's when it seeks for more a deeper refuge. Oh, sons of God, that we may go for this walking closely with God and learning his ways that we may find refuge in him. Praise the Lord. Elisha, because of his persistence, he received the double portion. Because of his persistence, he received the double portion. 
And I say you cannot walk with God and never receive an impartation in your life. You can never walk with God. I mean, if you walk with God, you can never fail to receive an impartation in your life. Praise the Lord. There will always be a transformation in your life. There will always be a transformation in your life. I want us to look at a, about four things, four reasons that are not exhaustive, reasons why we should learn to walk with him. Jeremiah 18. It's a common verse we know. Jeremiah chapter 18. Verse 1, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrote a work on the wheels, and the vessel that he made of clay was mad in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, a house of, O house of Israel. Praise the Lord. God is interested in making servants out of us. If we are not close to him, we shall not be molded into the vessels that he wants us to be. If the clay rolled away from the potter, it will not be molded into what the potter wanted it to be. Praise the Lord. The clay must remain on that rolling dish for it to be molded. So one of the reasons why we have got to work with God is that so that he may mold us into the servants he wants us to be. We have desired to work for God, it's true. We have had a genuine desire to work with him and to work for him. But one of the reasons why we are not reaching where we feel we should be is because we have not released ourselves into his hands. One property with the clay is that it is obedient when it is being bent, it bends. It is malleable. It's ready to be changed. I want to challenge you. Is there something in your life when God wants to bend it, you warn him this one is going to break? Is there something in your life that you feel if God were to touch your life will be done. But is our God so unfaithful to, to try to change you and end up destroying you? He's not. Whatever pains you go through, it is for your good. Now, sometimes it's dangerous to talk about subjects you don't understand, but if you're a doctor here, please 
Hold your peace. People who have wounds, and the wound is kind of dry, sometimes they go to the hospital, they're complaining. And the, the medical people say, we want to clean, clean the wound. We want to clean it so that now they put proper treatment. And sometimes you find it's like they're scraping the thing that was giving you hope. It is getting okay. Because probably they have sensed it is a source of infection. They remove it. Is it comfortable? In your mind, what do you think? These guys are very insensitive. But they know what they are doing. Praise the Lord. They could come and wrap the whole thing with a bandage, but soon you'll be there and the hacksaw will be hanging over your leg. You know what a hacksaw is? Hey, they will be thinking, you know, in the old days, there was no anesthesia. Strong men will hold you on the floor and another one cuts you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So if you don't, you don't accept for them to remove that drying part, which is painful, and then put proper medicine, you are running into a danger of probably losing your foot. Now, I said... People in the medical field, just hold your peace. I'm not, I'm not an expert. I'm just saying what I think can happen. I don't say they have hacksaws. They have better instruments there. <laughs> but I'm trying to scare you so that you allow yourself to, be, to go through that experience so that you don't endure the harsh pain. Sometimes God takes you through that weeping. He beats you up because of love, so that you may become an instrument that he wants you to be. Because you have become so stubborn. You become so stubborn, he has tried to direct you, he has used people to tell you, do this. He has used all his, and now everybody's tired of you. But he still loves you. He says, this way, we give one. He gives you and brings you back. And soon you realize, oh, I wasted my time. Had I just said, yes, Lord, at that time, obedience, everything would have been sorted. Praise the Lord. So learn to be obedient. And when you walk with God in obedience, you'll become the instrument he wants you to be. Number two, walking with God leads to fruitfulness. Walking with God leads to fruitfulness in our lives. John 15, 5. John 15, 5. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. When you walk with God, you learn to abide in him. You learn to submit to his authority. And then the fruits begin to to manifest. One thing I have learned about any fruit, you put a mango tree down, it grows. The time it starts flowering and giving fruit, you don't sit in a conference with it. You go out and say, now we are having a business meeting at 2 o'clock. We need to see when the fruits are going to be produced. 
No. Spontaneously. Because it is responding to what was laid in the ground. Praise the Lord. So when you abide in God, you allow yourself to absorb whatever he's giving to you without any limitation. And the, some mango trees give so many fruits because they're just in an environment that allows them to give. I'm saying, let us walk with God and learn abiding in him so that we become fruitful in our lives. Praise the Lord. The third point is that it allows us to remain focused to his purpose. Walking with God, walking closer with God, allows us to remain focused to God's purpose, not our purpose. Praise the Lord. To God's purpose, not our purpose. In Judges 6, 11, 16, Gideon was there. Gideon had a desire to see themselves being freed. But at the same time, God had an interest in freeing the children of Israel. So they had shared interests. They had shared interests. Praise the Lord. And at that time, God came in, they merged with Gideon, and it became a formidable force. Praise the Lord. And that's how the children of Israel were set free. Moses, on the other hand, he was also in line, in tune with God's purpose. He knew, he sensed it was time for the children of Israel to be set free. But he rushed. Because the first time he was not working with God, he rushed to use his own intelligence, his own strength. He messed up. Let us not mess up in our lives because we are walking far away from God. It took God to transfer this man. He gave him a transfer into the desert and gave him a new role, an appointment to oversee sheep which cannot talk. You know, you can kill a sheep beating it. It does not talk. So he knew this man has got temper. If the sheep start messing, he will start beating them up. But since they don't talk, he will give up. He took him to a training, intensive training in the desert. Praise the Lord. And then one day, while the man was still thinking, what did I do by killing this person? Why did I have to kill him? He lived a condemned life. One day God said, I think this man's heart has been humbled enough. He appeared to him. And we see Moses coming to that bush, a humbled man, ready to listen. Praise the Lord. And then he went on the mission. Now it was no longer Moses, it was God that was being represented. And we can see Moses carrying out that mandate faithfully for God because he had allowed God's purpose to take root. Paul, once Saul, was bent towards his own purpose. And as he continued pursuing his own purpose, God realized there's a vessel here. I need to refocus him to my purpose. 
and revealed himself to him. Paul was never the same. And Paul decided to work with God closely and closely until he said one day, he is divided in his mind. He doesn't know whether to remain in this earth or to go and live with his father. He was torn. It was far much better for him to go, but for the sake of the others who would perish, he decided to delay. Praise the Lord. Because he had learned the mercy of God and the grace of God. Choir, just, he had learned the grace of God and the mercy of God to be with him. Praise the Lord. Number four, walking with God allows us to listen to God. Hebrews 1, it makes us better listeners to God. Hebrews 1, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. When you walk close to God, you graduate. In the old times, it was the prophets speaking and angels coming to deliver the message. Now we are in a dispensation where God speaks to us through his son because we are close to him. If we fail to be close to God, then we lose that opportunity of talking with God. John 14, 26, I'll bring you the counselor, the Holy Spirit, who will remind you of everything I have said because you are working with him. The impartation of the Holy Ghost will be upon you. You will be reminded of all things. In John 16, 13, 14, he will guide us to all truth and he will only speak of that which he hears God speak. So that is the advantage of working with God. Praise the Lord. Quickly, how then shall we learn to walk with God? Learn to crucify the self. Ephesians 4, 17 onwards, we'll outline that. Be honest in your heart. Number three, be patient to God. And number four, seek the counsel of God rather than the counsel of men. I want the choir to sing for us a song, just a closer walk with thee. Unfortunately, I'll not lead I'll give, because I like my brothers, I want them to lead the song. Welcome. Just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus, hear my plea. Let it be. 
with you. Open it to Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And to walk humbly with your God. That 
is what God desires of us. And we have heard it. We have sung it. Just a closer walk with thee. Let's also turn to Psalms chapter 1, verse 1, the first part. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So today you know you have heard, where do you need to walk? Where is it you should not be walking? Church, we need to think about this. We need to look at our own lives. And that's what I'm asking you to do right now. Will you allow God to mold you into the servant he wants you to be? Will you choose to abide in God and allow your life to be a fruitful wine? Will you allow God to set the plans in your life? Will you listen today to what he is telling you and me? Talk to God, church. You can't push your neighbor to walk closer to God. You choose to walk closer to God. Talk to God today. And tell him if you wish to have a closer walk with God from today onwards. If you want to hunger and thirst for God today, if you want to cling to God, whether you are prosperous or in poverty, Tell him so. He's a God who has never walked away from people. It is God who came looking for Adam in the cool of the evening. And he was the one who asked, where are you? Today God is saying, I am prepared to walk with you. Are you prepared to walk with me? <clears throat> Father, we just want to say thank you to you, Lord, for you have truly spoken to us this day, Lord, Father. Father God, in this world where we rush around doing all kinds of things, seeking every kind of materialistic blessing, Lord, Father, we have forgotten, Lord, Father, relationship building. We have forgotten to walk close with you, Lord Father. We have forgotten to love you, Lord. We have forgotten to love our neighbors. We have forgotten to trust you, Lord. To have our faith in you, Lord Father. But we thank you, Lord, today to this congregation, to all of us here, Lord. You have reminded us once again, Lord Father. to have a closer walk with you. And Father God, we surrender ourselves into your hands. We ask, Lord, 
that you humble us, Lord Father. That we will choose to put our hands in your hands, Lord Father. We will choose to cling to you, Lord Father. We will choose not to let you go, Lord Father. And we will choose to enjoy our time and our presence with you, Lord, as Enoch did. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have ministered unto us, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that every one of us will act upon it, Lord. That our walk from this day onwards will be in the right direction, Lord. That you who have started a good work in us, Lord, will bring it to completion, Lord Father. That in that great day when you call us into your presence, you will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the rest of the Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your servant who you used to this day, Lord Father. For bringing these powerful words unto us, Lord Father. To help us to look back on our own lives, Lord. And to make course corrections, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the anointing that you have given him, and we ask that more be poured out upon him, Lord. That you will minister to him, that he will bring us more words of wisdom for daily practical living, Lord Father. Bless him and his family, Lord Father. We surrender them into your hands, and we pray, Lord, that you will continue to use them in this place for your kingdom purposes, Lord. Thank you, Father, for every one of us who's come here, Lord. And as we leave this place, Lord, we pray, Lord, that what you have spoken unto us will find good ground. It shall grow. It shall minister unto us. And it shall change our lives, Lord Father. Thank you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before we close, before we say the grace, let's just take a moment to remember Brother Beja. Uh, who's been admitted in hospital. He's uh, sick. I don't have the full details of it, but all I know is he's been admitted in hospital. He's seriously ill. Uh, and as brothers and sisters in Christ, Brother Beja is our brother. We are going to say, Lord, touch him. Okay, we are just going to say, Lord, touch him. That he will be able to stand here soon and testify that it is God who's done it for him. So church, just pray for Brother Beja Kamis. Father, we just surrender Brother Beja into your hands, Lord. Father, whatever be the issue, whatever be the problem that he's had to go to hospital and get admitted, Lord Father. Father, we pray, Lord, that you touch him, Lord Father. Father God, we know, Lord, that beyond any shadow of doubt, Lord Father, healing comes from you and from you alone, Lord Father. And today, Lord Father, we seek you, Lord Father, that you will touch him. And heal him, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in his life, Lord Father. And we pray, Lord, that we will have an opportunity to listen to him when he comes and gives his testimony, Lord. Perfect your healing in him, Lord Father. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.